0: Thank you for tuning to the podcast today. We certainly appreciate each and every one of you that tune in. Listen to our homeschoolers that are listening. I'd like to say hello to you. I'd like to say hello to you over in Cape Verde. We know some folks down there downloading. I hope they're certainly listening as well. And to all the folks that listen around this country, we certainly appreciate uh, the Word of God that went out this week. Appreciate the services we had there at the Grace Bible Independent Baptist Church in Shingle House, Pennsylvania. And then, Lord willing, this week, starting tonight at 6 o'clock, each night through the week, we'll be at the Black Creek Baptist Church in Black Creek, New York. And we're going to have special services each night, what they call a chapel service. And it'll be a fairly short service, just maybe a song or two and some preaching. And so if you're in the area or close enough to drive, we'd love to have you come to those services. And then, Lord willing, on Sunday, we'll be at the Anchor Baptist Church in Wellsville, New York. and we'll be with all three services there with the folks. And so we appreciate that opportunity. We thank the Lord for what he's done this week in the Shingle House services. And we certainly are looking forward to what the Lord's going to do here in May. And those of you that do not know, we'll be back, I believe it's the second week of May. Uh, be here for a full week preaching revival services and ask the Lord to help us then. So pray about those services. Pray for other meetings forthcoming. we got a couple of special guests on the podcast later on in the week. And so you pray for those folks. Pray for the testimonies that go out. Pray there'll be a help to people. I know some have listened to the testimonies and God has used that to speak to their hearts. And so I pray that God will continue to use that. And so later in the week, we gonna have a couple different messages, a couple different speakers. And so just pray about that for us. Psalm 141 is where we'll be today. It is a psalm of David. And in Psalm 141, this is just a couple of things we'll look at briefly today. But he said, Lord, I cry unto thee, make haste unto me, give ear unto my voice when I cry unto thee. One of the things that we've established on this podcast, when we see that cry in the Psalms, we often look and see, is that Jesus Christ? He was with strong crying and tears. That's the, it was in the days when he was on earth. He was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we look at the cry here, that cry is audible, that cry is loud, that cry is distinct. And David here is prophesying concerning not only the Lord Jesus Christ, I believe, but he's also speaking he would for himself. But he said this in verse two, let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. And there's a lot of things that could be said about that. But the main thing is that incense, that sweet perfume, that thing that is crushed upon the altar of God. It is a sweet savor unto the Lord. And that incense is very distinct in the scriptures. In Exodus chapter 30, God gave a very specific recipe for that to Moses. And then Bezalel, the son of Uri, he came and made that according to the recipe thereof. It is used as a sweet savor. It is crushed. It is beaten small. And so one of the key words there that really looks at this is definitely messianic to me. But then there's the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. And Jesus Christ was high and lifted up. He lifted up his hands. How did he lift up his hands on the cross of Calvary? And it's just something to look at. And there's things that people say, well, you can't be dogmatic about those things. You don't see it. The skeptic, of course, always says, well, that doesn't mean that's Jesus Christ. But when you see enough clues about something, it's like an investigator in a murder case When he starts to see clues that point to the same person, guess what he does? He investigates that person. And if you see enough clues in the scripture, you begin to investigate who that is. And you might just find Jesus Christ. And we've had testimonies of some that that's exactly what they did. While in the scriptures, they saw Jesus Christ. They realized this was Jesus Christ. And he said, if I and I be lifted up, I will draw all men nigh unto me. And so again, we see the cry. We see he asked the Lord, give ear unto my voice, and that's almost exclusive to the Lord Jesus Christ in prophecy, David speaking by the Spirit of Christ, and that's almost exclusive. I don't want to say exclusive, because I certainly could miss a place, in so are two or three or ten, uh, but in this particular case, I believe that he's asking the Father, to give ear unto his voice, let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense. That incense is always upon that altar. The Lord smells that incense because he ordered it to be so. And it is a picture of his son, is a type of Jesus Christ. And the lifting up of my hands is the evening sacrifice. And we certainly understand that the lifting up of his hands as he lifted them up on Calvary. So again, we see some little things in there that folks might be skeptical. And that's fine if they're skeptical. But I believe David is prophesying here because in verse 3, then he says, Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Now, people say, well, that's just David requesting, asking the Lord to guard his lips. But Jesus Christ, as a lamb before her shears, was dumb. And that is that peace offering. That is also that burnt offering, that lamb, that female sheep would come, that ewe lamb. And as a lamb before his shears was dumb, yet he opened not his mouth. And so he asked the Lord here, so the watcher, Lord, before my mouth, keep the door of my lips. Why would he do that? Because that's the prophecy that's given. He's not going to defend himself. He's a man of meekness. He's always had been a man of meekness. And he's not going to defend himself. He is going to pay the price for our sins. He's going to submit himself to that death at the cross. And in doing so, he openeth not his mouth. He would not answer them whenever they accused him. So again, all three of those verses, we see clues to Jesus Christ. We see this now to me as messianic. Incline not my heart to any evil thing to practice wicked works with men that work iniquity and let me not eat of their dainties. And so, again, the request, you and I can apply that to us today. I wouldn't have a problem with a man preaching that as far as the saints of God. Uh, Daniel would not eat of the king's meat. He took that pulse and water every day. Yet his countenance was a uh, greater than those that took of the king's meat. His countenance was better than theirs. And of course, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego also at that time would not take of the king's meat, and God honored that in their life. They would not submit themselves. So again, it's applied to us. We can also see that in Jesus Christ, because the very next verse in verse five, let the righteous smite me, it shall be a kindness, and let him reprove me, it shall be an excellent oil, which shall not break my head for yet my prayer also shall be in their calamities. Now, the righteous did smite Jesus Christ it pleased the Lord to bruise him. We did esteem him smitten of God and afflicted in Isaiah. And so again, the righteous did smite him. So just more and more clues that come in here, more and more verses. And I realize if you go to the commentaries, they'll think I'm a nut. If you go to the the online commentaries, which well, never mind, don't do that. But even if you go to some of the old fairly solid commentaries, they just didn't see it in this light. But I believe God has opened this door for us to see these things and to reveal Jesus Christ in Psalms. And this is one of those Psalms that certainly I believe we see him because it was the Lord that smote him. It was the Lord himself that took him by the neck in Job chapter 16 and shook him. We have a dear brother in the Lord that's now saved by the grace of God. That was a verse that arrested him when he saw that Jesus Christ was taken by the neck in his stead and was shaken to pieces. And that the father did that. It was the father that smote him. Uh, That man was smitten in his heart, realized his great need, realized that he didn't have this man, Jesus Christ. So he goes on in verse five, and he says, for uh, reprove me, it's been excellent oil, which shall not break my head, for yet my prayer also shall be in their calamities. When their judges are overthrown in stony places, they shall hear my words, for they are sweet. Now, why would we wanna hear the words of David? We're not interested in the words of David, we're interested in the words of God. And so again, why would we wanna hear David's words? Now, I realize, and again, you could argue, say, well, David wrote this psalm. But he did write it, but he wrote it under the inspiration of God. He was directed by the Holy Ghost to write this psalm. He was speaking by the Spirit of Christ. So when their judges are overthrown in stony places, and that's in the wilderness, by the way, the stony places often equate to the wilderness. He said, they shall hear my words, for they are sweeter. There's nothing sweeter than the Word of God. Nothing sweeter than his testimonies. Nothing more wonderful today to hear than the testimonies of Jesus Christ, the words of God. And so the evidence is here. I believe the proof is here. And so we'll just continue preaching this chapter. We're not going to try to justify. It. Uh, if someone doesn't believe, they don't believe. I challenged the church uh, this weekend there at Shingle House, and I challenged the folks there. And I said, if you don't believe this, I said you need to find out why you don't believe. And if you may not, ha- you don't have to believe me. You may not believe me, but you need to believe the word of God. And I had a man quite a few years ago that contended with me often over these type of things. And he would say to me, well, I just don't believe that. And I said, well, what do you believe? And I found that he didn't know anything. Um, He just didn't believe anything about that verse. And I've watched his men gloss over verses. Listen, I don't mind saying I don't understand what that verse means. Rather than gloss over it or try to make it something it's not, when you see these things, we must preach these things. When you see what it is, you must preach these things. We must expound upon Jesus Christ. In verse 7, our bones are scattered at the grave's mouth as when one cutteth and cleaveth wood upon the earth. And it's an interesting picture. I went by a sawmill just the other day and, and look at just the scrap uh, pieces of wood laying around, the small pieces, uh, the the cleaving of wood and just the probably millions of pieces of wood piled up just for burning, just for scrap. And I I thought of this verse, because I just looked at this and studied this verse and gone through this, and that's the way our bones are scattered at the grave's mouth. In verse 8, but mine eyes are unto thee, O God, the Lord, in thee is my trust, leave not my soul destitute. And then he goes, keep me from the snares which they have laid for me, and the gins of the workers of iniquity. So again, we go back, there's a couple of things we see. One there, leave not my soul destitute. Is it the soul of Jesus Christ? That soul which has made an offering for sin. So many times in Psalms, we see the soul of Jesus Christ. We see not only does he expound upon the soul, he tells us details about the soul, how the workers of iniquity are against his soul, men have laid snares for his soul, the wicked have tried to capture his soul, or the wicked have oppressed his soul. And again, he said, leave not my soul destitute. He's praying that to the Lord. When would Jesus Christ pray that? When he feels destitute. When he's in the garden, when he's sweating, as it were, great drops of blood, when he's asking the Lord, not his will be done, but the Father's will be done. But if it would be his will for that cup to pass from him, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And so again, he's not destitute. The Father at that point is still with him until he has made him to be sin for us. And then he comes under the wrath of God. In verse 9, keep me from the snares which they have laid for me. And those snares, and we've talked about that many times throughout the years uh, in different avenues, but those snares that are laid and the gins of iniquity. And one of the things I've often seen with the snares and with the gins both is that when you look at that, you realize there's two different things he's speaking up there. And I recently had seen a video with a man using what they called gins. They were basically small nets. They weren't a snare, But they were nets, and then they would use a technique in which they would drive the game out of their holes, and the game would run out of the hole, run across the field, not realizing he's in what they call a gin. He's in what they call a cage or a a box or, in this case, a net. And he runs about five feet, and all of a sudden the gin catches him, and it snares him. It's it's caught him. He's not going to escape that. And so again, he said, keep me from the snares which they have laid for me. Who is that? It's the wicked. It's the ungodly. The jinns are the workers of iniquity. And so as they tempt Christ and they smite him and they say, if thou be the Christ, you know, if thou be the Christ, one of the most damning statements a man could make then or today, there is no, if thou be the Christ, either he's Jesus Christ or he's not. And you'll either believe that in your heart or you'll perish. And there's no gray area with that to believe the Lord Jesus Christ is to believe him with all thy heart. There's no other way to believe him. And as the wicked fall into their own nets, whilst that I withal escape. So as they've laid these snares, laid these gins, he said, Lord, let them fall into their own nets. Let them be captured. And I can tell story after story Be growing up in the country of guys that trapped and missing fingers and, and, and bruises and cuts and gashes. Thankfully, it was never a bear trap. But just a muskrat trap or a small rabbit trap, and they set it wrong. And those old uh, those old traps, if you didn't catch the trigger just right, and didn't get your finger out in time, or take your fingertip off, and. That's what he's talking about, but it's a little bit deeper than just the fingertip. He's talking about let them be captured. Let them be taken in their own deceit. Let them be taken in their own wickedness. Let them be taken in their own iniquity. Why? Because they have withstood the Son of God. And this world is still withstanding the Son of God. This world still despises the name of Jesus Christ. And so I exhort you today, as we finish up on Psalm 140, when I exhort you, to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ, lift up that name, exalt that name, extol that name, that name which is above every name, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hope you have a great day. Look forward to talking to you tomorrow on the podcast. There's a lost soul who's tired of his sinning and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glory, a song of the Redeemer.